Welcome back to the Mini Market Podcast. It is time. We've got our second guest on the Mini Market Pod, Tellem Sports' number one Twitter supporter, the Travel Man. He's been here and he's been there, man. He's been just about everywhere. It's the Travel Man, stopping off in the land of 10,000 lakes to deliver his takes. Travel Man, welcome to the Mini Market Podcast. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Happy to have you here. Thank you. I'm ready to roll. So yeah, we've got Travel Man on. We're going to do another podcast podiums here. We're going to do our favorite ever Minnesota Vikings defensive lineman. But first, Travel Man, we've heard you're pretty active on Twitter, but you just go by Travel Man. We hear that's because you were uh, you were banned from K Fan. Uh, is is that is that a true story? Uh, yes, it is. I I had my Twitter account set up, which uh, was to my actual name. So I called in one day, Paul Allen was on and he's a blowhard. He thinks he knows everything. And I'm like, okay, he is so wrong. So I called in and I was talking to him and I told him that he was incorrect. I said, no, that is not the way it was. And he was, he was debating some defensive statistics. And I think he was talking about some players that were really, oh, this is the face of the Vikings. This is set. This is what the team is all about. And this is the standard. And I, Went back to the 70s with the purple peep leaders and all that. And he he went, he put me on hold. He cut me off, put me on hold. And so I was with the producer and I told him, I said, I said, he is a complete know-it-all blowhard. I said, you know what? I said, why don't you ask his ex-wife what he's really all about? <laughs> well, the phone dial, they hung up on me. They uh, banned my phone number and my name. Well, the worst part of it was is my... Twitter account was linked to my actual name. So when I later on that day, I went on, I'm like, I couldn't get on. And I checked into it and I was, I was blocked. So my phone number, my email and my Twitter account, I can't get on <laughs> K fan or Paul Allen. <laughs> Man, he just got a personal vendetta oh. against you. Yes. Now. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. There's only two people on my list and Paul Allen's one of them. Um, <laughs> And the other one's Sean Payton, but that's a whole different story. So, but as far as K fan, it's uh, Paul Allen. I don't have time for him. He's he's a blowhard. But I did change it to Travel Man, and now I'm on, so I can follow K fan because they banned me too, and I did care about what they had to say and things. So uh, at least now I'm able to communicate with them in my alias. <laughs> so we'll try to keep uh, we'll keep this under wraps, I guess. But uh, we're talking to a real life. Um, Twitter burner account right now. This is kind of exciting. Yeah. <laughs> so should we get into it, you guys? So again, we're doing our podiums for our favorite Vikings defensive linemen of all time. So Lou, you're you're the resident Vikings guy. So do you have any that that popped to mind immediately when we were talking about Vikings D linemen? Yes, uh, I have such a love hate relationship with Everson Griffin. He mm. makes some of the best plays. He's such a good defensive end. And then the one time in the game, late in the fourth quarter, third and short, do not jump off sides. The one thing you can't do is jump off sides. And he 
always does it. Every single time that you can't do it, he does it. And it's just, it drives me crazy. So I am really hot and cold on Everson Griffin. He just, he has to be mentioned in this. <laughs> oh, for sure. If you, if you ever played football, like, especially at the high school level, I'm thinking really ninth grade. So everybody who played football, they've had a guy on their team that, you know, is like, he's the guy who's jumping off sides. They always, they the, always you know, point at him. One, third and in short, the you know, like the offensive <laughs> linemen are all just like, they're not, they're like, we're going to go on seven. We're not even snapping <laughs> the ball. The other team's O-line is just looking right at you. And I'm looking at you, Colin, boss. And you're just looking at this guy from high school and he's the guy jumping off sides every time. And I, the great thing about being so slow off the ball for me, I didn't have to worry about that. You know, the, the quarterback, it was already to their five-step drop by the time I got off the ball. So I wasn't jumping off sides. You're a, you're a D lineman who likes to play in the second level. Yeah. Well, that's how you get more tack. <laughs> have the linebackers fill and I'll, I'll fill in behind them. <laughs> well, okay. with Everson Griffin, I mean, you take the good with the bad, right? You don't get 74, sa- 74 and a half sacks in 74 games without taking a few gambles every once in a while. You got to read yeah. that snap count. You get wrong. You're wrong sometimes, but you, a sack a game, it's pretty good. That's incredible. Yeah. But it felt like he was never wrong on first and 10. He was wrong on like third and <laughs> two or something, you know? It's like he would wind himself up and he would just get so jittery. Maybe he just like couldn't stop. And then he would always, <laughs> like he would, his face when he, they'd zoom in on him after he'd jump, he'd be like, I swear they snapped. <laughs> like they, it couldn't have been me. Oh gosh. Tra- Travel man, you're from another era than the four of us. There any old school Vikings D lineman that really hit home when we were first when you first thought about your favorite D lineman? Uh, the number one I'm not going to bring up yet because he right away out he went right to number one by far of all of them. Um, but a close number two or three would be Carl Eller. Um, they called him the Moose, and he was just a massive, massive guy. He he would actually be the all time sack leader for the Vikings. And he's like fifth or sixth NFL all time. If you count it sacks, which they weren't officially counted when he played. And he was just a beast. And he was so strong, so powerful. And I know a few years ago, like five years ago, he had an incident with the police and they tased him in everything. And there was like five police on him and they couldn't even get him to the ground after tasing him and everything. He's like, how can you be 60 some years old and you're just throwing around grown men like you're still got dogs. a lot of fight left in him? Wow. You know, like Packers offensive linemen are like, oh yeah. They're having like night sweats about watching that video of him getting tased. Like, oh my God, I'm like reliving my past. <laughs> and and he was so good. And he that there's one game they were because Chuck Foreman always talks about it. He was a rookie, and Chuck Foreman is my all-time favorite Viking. I just love him for everything he did. He was a rookie, and they were playing a team that they were they should have been beating, and it was halftime. And he came in there, and he punched the chalkboard and just smashed it, and the expletives just flew. What the blank are we doing? We shouldn't. He just laid in there, buddy, and that was it. And the coach, Bud Grant, didn't say a word. No one said a word. They all just sat there going, we better get our ass together because we're going to, he is mad. And they went out there and they just dominated the second half and they won. And I'm like, everybody respected him partially out of fear, but he was so good. So he's, he's in my top, he's in my top three for sure. <laughs> That's some old school leadership. Yeah. Huh? Holy yep. cow. Yeah. Looking at pictures, he's a monster. Yeah. 
I see he him. makes the rest of the guys on his line look small. Yes, that's those are big fellas. Yep. I saw him one time in person and it was literally, I mean, I'm like six foot two and I saw him and I'm like, oh my God, is he a big man? And his shoulders were so broad and he was probably 50 something at the time. And I was like in my mid twenties and I was like, I am so scared of that guy. If he tells me to do something, I'll run right into that wall head first. If he tells me to, I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I'm scared of him. It's like he was just massive. And uh, yeah, that's, that's one of my top three. <laughs> Oh, that is great. I think the one, the coolest story of the Purple People Eaters is in 19, well, in the, 60, in the late 60s and 70s, they were like first or second in almost every defensive category. In the Pro Bowl, I think it was 71 or two, 71, this, they, they announced, they said, in starting on defense, and they said, the defensive line, the Purple People Eaters, and all four defensive linemen, from the Vikings ran out. That was the starting defensive line in the NFC. And it's like, they were so dominant. And I was, I was young, but when they were still in their prime at the end was like my nine, 10, 11 years old. And I was just like, this is the coolest thing ever. These, they were just beasts dominated every game. It was so much fun to watch football. And this last year with the Vikings, when they gave up six rushing touchdowns to that Sean Payton team, it's just like that. Was, that was the opposite. Oh God! It's, oh, not my America. <laughs> <laughs> the highest of highs, the lowest of lows. That's, I mean, that's peak fandom, right? When you're nine or ten years old, that's probably when most kids like they don't just love fall in love with sports; they fall in love with a team at that point because you're old enough to understand like the game a little bit more and it's, it's beyond just playing in your backyard. Yeah. So I can see how you're a, like a diehard and how, how painful that would be to watch this past de- season's defense. Cause it's like, it's not who I remember for me. This is why I'm still a wolves fan is because when I was nine years old, it was KG 2004 Western conference finals. Okay. Yep. That has, that gets you through a lot of crap basically. Yeah. <laughs> one, one good year. We're at the still right knee time. deep in that. Yeah. <laughs> Do, uh, also, are you sure on the date of that All Star of the uh, Pro Bowl? Do we need to get Paul Allen on to fact check? <laughs> well, see you guys. It was nice talking to you. <laughs> <laughs> Dal, did you have any uh, any people that maybe honorable mentions or ones not in your podium that you just like resonated with your either childhood or you just see yep. them and you're like one guy oh, that came to that mind guy. immediately anyone remember chris hovan oh, yes yeah. <laughs> grinder yes i had him on my list he was like childhood defensive lineman yes i had a chris hovan jersey and i loved it like 99 i was repping that thing yeah <laughs> just hand in the dirt playing one on the Chris Hogan Great pick. I don't know why I even liked him. I, I looked right. at his stats again and like he, he had one pretty good year, but Average. other than that, he was a very mediocre defensive tackle, but he was my guy. Yeah. Everyone's well, got to have a guy like that. Yeah. He bought a Brett Favre jersey in the offseason one year and he hung it in his living room and he said every time he looked at it, he said it made him go out and lift weights or run. He's such he was just obsessed with Brett Favre and sacking him. He never even got a half a sack in his whole career against Brett Favre. <laughs> like, what the hell is that? If you're going to do something like that, at least cheat, do something, get a sack. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, God. Yeah. Oh, that <laughs> oh that's <brutal>. fantastic. 
Oh man, if you if you're Brett Favre and you're like you've played Chris Hovan, you know, eight, ten times, by the end, if you hear about that story, you just have to be going at him like, Hey, I re- I heard I'm your idol and I really appreciate that. I heard you even got my jersey hanging up in your living. Like, I gotta think you're jabbing left and right on that one. He's like He's like, I'll let you shake my hand because I know you can't get get one on me during the game. You know, Brett Favre would do that, too. He's such a trash talker, and he's just talking the whole game. He for sure was just letting Chris Ovan have it. (laughs) Ike, you have any honorable mentions? Yeah, and I think it's going to be kind of an unpopular opinion based on recent circumstances. But Uh I think this, for me, is similar to Travel Man's Carl Eller. I'm going Daniil Hunter, I think. And I understand that right now we're in a bit of a, a situation with him and he's kind of got an ego going, but he has 54 and a half sacks. And if you're not counting any of the pre-1982 sacks, which we will, but it, in, as that stands, he's top eight all time on Vikings for sacks. He's an absolute monster off the edge. His arms don't look like they're attached to like a normal, like they're way too long and too strong at the same time. I don't know how it's possible as a guy with long arms who can't put on any any mass i gotta get on the phone with him and find out what he's doing because he is an absolute beast and he just attacks quarterbacks and it seriously is super fun when he's on this team it's really really fun to watch him play so that's what makes the whole situation with him so painful is because you know how good he is and how important he is yeah and just like he he does feel generational in a sense like he feels like a guy who can be like if he stays his whole career here he will be an all-time mm-hmm and that's what makes it painful. Yeah. Well said. Well said. I got a story about Hunter. It's not a good one, but it's a story nonetheless. Um, when I was getting my engagement photos taken last year at Boom Island, we were like posing on this uh, bridge that's over there. And, uh, and on a hoverboard comes zooming by Daniil Hunter. And not that he needed the extra three inches that the little like, you know, hoverboard provides. But I had the similar feeling to Travel Man as like you look up and you're like, this guy is huge and it was like 90 degrees that day and anybody who knows me i'm a sweater anyways but when he comes by i'm sweating a little harder and uh and so that's what i'm gonna attribute to some sweaty engagement photos but i mean that dude's put together he was in a sweatshirt and oh my god that sweatshirt needed to be restitched the seams were busting on the sleeves it was unbelievable he is he is a physical specimen for sure you know, when you were talking about his arms, the one guy who didn't make my top five, but he made my top 10 was Chris Dolman. Um, he had the longest arms. He, it was funny because he had these really big jowls and he had this helmet that looked like it was from junior high and he stick it on his head. It's like, how does he get that on? And his cheeks are bulging out. And it's like, he didn't look like a football player. It's like, what the heck? But he had these arms that were so long. Well, he perfected that move you take the outside rush and the tackle just like oh you're going outside well I'll just push you well he could get that left arm in front of the tackle and he would just nick that football in the quarterback's hand cause a fumble where you get a sack he had a lot of those but he had such a massive wingspan you know they'll talk about the NBA this guy's 6'10 but he has a seven foot four wingspan well Chris Dolman was that way and so many of his sacks were caused by that or he would be coming around and the quarterback would see that or feel that and step up. Well, then someone else would get a sack. So he showed up in a suit to every practice and game. He brought a briefcase. He's kind of a douche back then, you know, when he was young, cause he's like, well, I'm all business and I'm going to show it by doing this. And everyone kind of looked at him like, well, 
you know, what the hell is this all about? But he was a good football player. He didn't alienate anybody, but he kind of didn't fit in. So he wasn't one of my favorites, kind of love, hate. It's like, we kind of a douche, but you're such a good player. You have to like him. And uh, turned out he came back to Minnesota after he had left and he came back, he wanted to retire a Viking. So it's like, well, that's pretty cool too. But he had one of those where them arms, whether they're super muscular or super long, it's like you use them and it's like, holy cow, he was, he was so good. Does anyone else have any honorable mentions they want to throw out before we hop into our top three? Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll throw out for sure. Uh, the wall, the Williams wall. Um, I feel like that was just a good a good time for that was a defensive line group that was constantly top in the NFL at rushing defense, you know. And I mean, it's always fun to see Pat Williams out there because there isn't a jersey in the world that's fitting that guy properly, which as a fan, always fun to watch. And then Kevin Williams is like kind of a I feel yeah. like a low key. He was a beast. Like he he wasn't an edge rusher, so he really didn't get the sack numbers. That's tradition, but he was super good at the three technique. And like, if you look at it now, the Vikings, the last 10 years or however long he's been gone, have been looking for a three technique to really play as well as he did. Um, he was pretty, pretty ahead of his time at that position, but the Williams wall, baby, no other duo I want on the one yard line. When, uh, when you got to stop a running back coming in, it's just Pat Williams taking on four defenders yep. and three yep. of them are just body in the belt. And I also loved Kevin Williams was always just chomping on some gum. Like yeah. he, was just, he was just out for a stroll or something. He's just, they zoom in on him. He's just got some gum in there. Just hanging out. I've, uh, I've got one other uh, honorable mention more so just because I really like his name. He, do, he doesn't really play that much, but it is Hercules Mata'afa. <laughs> yeah. All name team for sure. Yeah, yeah. I missed that one on the first podcast podium, but Her Hercules is a dope name. Yeah. He doesn't really play that much, but I just really like his name. So <laughs> cool. So let's hop into our top three favorite defensive linemen of all time. Isaiah, you want to start us off? Uh, number three for me is Lou. You'll like this. It's Jared Allen. Yeah. Um, he was, he was a polarizing player. I think, I think just the way that he kind of presented himself, we're talking about guys who are a little bit of douchebags. He was pretty high up on that list. Um, but he was he had a beast. <laughs> he was an absolute beast off the edge. Like he was really, really hard to stop. And he had an all time great celebration for sack celebrate like I, that was the number one go-to if you get a sack in the backyard you're going down on one knee and you're giving the old cattle uh i don't even know what you call it but it was great roping, roping yeah. the cattle yeah that oh, was roping the cattle was super great i i'll always have some love for him and he brought mullets back in a time when mullets were kind of it was a dark time for mullets there for a <laughs> while <laughs> yeah he, I'd like to jump in on that one because actually, uh, not to go back to my uh, ninth grade high school career too much in one episode, but we were playing Prior Lake, which is a town about four times our size, and they were like loaded, right? They were super skilled. We were down by like 35. Some kid from Prior Lake gets a sack and does the Jared Allen ropes to cattle, and I've never seen a coach lose it quite like <laughs> our coach did. I mean, he was going berserk on this kid. Like we, He didn't cuss him out or anything, but he was just going crazy ultimate sign of disrespect and we as a team thought it was the funniest <laughs> thing ever we're like hey, hey you get yours man <laughs> sorry to cut you off like no that was those are cool every time i can hear more about you playing uh ninth grade high school football <laughs> in all years 
Um, we've talked about them, but this is maybe a little bit of a, a cheat, but this is my number two. It's the Williams wall. I'm taking the Williams wall as my number oh. two defensive lineman, like uh, Pat and Kevin. I think Pat is coattailing a little bit off of Kevin. For sure. When you really look at their stats, Kevin had 60 sacks in his career from the inside, which is really incredible. Um, he was a beast. He was all over the field. He was of the two, probably the more athletic. He could also stop the run. Um, got a, he would rack up a ton of tackles. Like he carried the Williams wall, um, but Pat was the more lovable one. You just, if we're talking about guys getting heads into helmets, it took a whole team to get his head into his helmet. <laughs> and he wore the old school helmet too. That was literally just like a cross, cross like bar, the, the yeah. one bar coming down and the other one coming across. The eyes loved it. One thing about those guys. <laughs> growing up i swear to god i thought they were brothers for the longest time (laughs) nothing alike i I was really i just saw they had the same last name i was like brothers 93 94 maybe they're brother like that'd be so cool to play with your brother (laughs) and it's such a rare last name like there's not that many williams out there (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) um so yeah, Williams Wall takes number two. I'll always have Pat after he got that fumble, uh, fumble six when he's on the sidelines, just, just gasping for air, <laughs> sucking it down. That was that was good. Stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then my all-time number one, I'm going Alan Page. Um, nice. This is I'm trying to give some respect to the old heads out there. I obviously never saw him play. Um, most of my pick is based on the really long socks that he wears when he golfs now if you haven't seen those take a look he wears knee-high socks they're always purple when he golfs he's a beast he reps minnesota he reps the vikings so hard and you gotta love that so and it, apparently he was pretty good too so that's my number one Turn, turns out connor what do you have all right so um kind of on the note where uh, Ike just left off. My number three is Alan Page. Um, so I had some stats about him. He's a six-time first-team All-Pro guy, which is really impressive. He went to nine consecutive All-Pro or uh, Pro Bowls, and in 1971, he was Defensive Player of the Year. He was just an animal up the middle, and kind of similar to the Williams Wall, where guys up the middle, it's not always the flashy stats like sacks that you get, but he, I mean, he still held his own in the sack department. I mean, he got a ton. The only reason I didn't rank him higher was because he actually came to talk to my high school. Um, here we go again. Buckle up, people. And uh, he came to give a presentation to our high school, kind of just talking about his life. And all he wanted to talk about was like him being, I think he's a Supreme Court justice yes. in Minnesota or some sort of legal figure. And that's all he wanted to talk about. Like, we would ask football questions like a bunch of us football junkies were like, oh, wow, this is awesome. And he really didn't want to talk about it. So I'm still holding that against you, Mr. Page. Doubt you're listening. But if you are, would have appreciated a little more football talk. Um, number two is going to be Jared Allen. Uh, I know Lou's a big J- JA guy. His numbers are pretty crazy, like 96 games with the Vikings. And he had uh, 85 and a half sacks. Nearly the uh, the sack a clip or sorry one sack a game uh, stats there, and uh, and that's super impressive in itself. I love the mullet. I sported the mullet, so how can you not? Um, yeah, he was just one of those guys who you know you kind of want to grab a beer with him and just like listen to stories because I bet he's got some pretty hilarious hunting stories um, from back in the day. And then my number one, uh, John Randall. Uh, love Randall's restaurant in downtown. Unfortunately, it shut down, but that was a nice little joint. 
but he's the, you know, official stats collected um, leader for the Vikings. I think he's actually number two or three um, when you look at all the stats that um, were not included. But so he's a sack machine. He's a beast. He's like a scary looking dude. I, I feel like there's the pictures of him doing the eye black. Whole that's face, basically yeah. his entire cheek. And it just looks intimidating as all get up. I mean, he dominates tackles and he has a ton of just regular tackles, which for defensive linemen, you don't really always expect that. I think he's 11th all time in solo tackles for the Vikings. And tackles is usually a linebacker stat because the D linemen are kind of taught to like take on linemen so that the linebackers can make the play. So to have that many solo tackles for the Vikings is, is super impressive um, and, and a heck of a burger. So, <laughs> Lou, what do you have? Uh, yeah, so number three uh, is Daniil Hunter. Exactly the same reasons as Isaiah mentioned. He is just an absolute monster. I love to watch him play. He was He's just one of my favorite players on the Vikings right now. Um, so he's number three. Number two, Lindvall Joseph for one specific reason. Dalt, you mentioned yeah, it. I it know. was the he had the pick six. He or Spalmbrook or whatever. He scored that touchdown. He did very much like Pat Williams. He went right to that oxygen tank, and then he put the sunglasses on because it was you know it was a little sunny there. Sunglasses. And I believe he even got a tattoo of the Vikings logo with the sunglasses and an oxygen mask. So he's just an all timer for that. And uh, number one, you guys have hinted at it. I got to go with my guy, Jared Allen. Yes, he was a great player, but I just love the guy so much. He's such a goofball. He even went on jackass, I think, and like hit Johnny Knoxville running routes across the middle. He was just laying him out and laughing his ass off. He, I don't know if you guys remember in like oh, the, awesome. the, what is it, the player introductions before games, he would say, Jared Allen culinary academy i mean the guy's an (laughs) absolute (laughs) and then of course a player with the sense of humor that shines through there's nothing better than that when you're a good player and then you can also show your kind of personality sense of humor that's how you get fans he's hyping the crowd up every third down and every time there's a big play and of course he's the single season sack holder and he almost even broke strahan's single season nfl record so just an all-around great player Elite. All right, I'll go and then we'll we'll close out with travel, man. So my third is is Jared Allen. Gotta love him. You know, he had a diner on the wall. It said liner, diner, 69er. So that that's a <laughs> that, that's an all-timer move from from old second. I've got Alan Page for the opposite reason of Connor. I respect him for his his off the field stuff. You know, love oh, a guy go boring Yale. <laughs> love a guy who's an academic. <laughs> respect that. Respect old AP. Wake me up when this one's over. <laughs> and then number one, I've got Pat Daddy Williams. He was yeah. my absolute favorite <laughs> big boy in the middle, just plugging holes. I remember one time they asked to mic him up during a game. And he's like, can't do it. You're going to learn too many expletives. <laughs> he, he, he's like, I'm going to say a lot of things about the other players' mamas that you're not going to want to air. I swear it's like, there's two guys, Pat Williams and Vince Wilfork, I think was the only other guy I've seen do it. It's like mid-play, they're so fat and their jersey just starts hiking up that they're like rushing Husky. with one <clears throat> hand and like pulling the pulling the jersey down with the other like mid-play. I absolutely just love watching that. It's so funny. 
an, an all-time uh, shirt in a pool kind of guy. <laughs> Pat Williams, for sure. <laughs> All right, Travel Man, close us out. Okay. Um, just want to echo the cement sentiments on the Williams wall. That was absolutely fantastic watching those two. It's like you could not run up the middle. And when we had a good defense, it always starts in the middle. Tony Dungy years ago said, start with the triangle in the middle. Your two defensive tackles and your middle linebacker. You build a defense that way you build out. Because if you can control the middle, it's a lot easier because you know they have to go out. Well, then you can defense that. And it's so true. Look at any good team, great defensive team. They got them big guys in the middle. You can't run there. You have to either run wide or pass. So you know it's coming. Um, Jared Allen, he almost made my top three. Love him. His personality, goofy looking bastard with that hair and his teeth and all his stuff and his <laughs> everything about him. And he was a, just, and when he retired, as a Viking, he wrote off and he said, I'm retiring as a Viking. And I thought, well, anybody who comes back or just retires as a Viking, it's like, well, if, even if they were a douche, they still would, would make some kind of good list. There are douche now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I had Carl Eller third, but I, I had him tied with Gary Larson and Doug Sutherland. They were the other members, the other defensive, the forgotten defensive tackles on the Purple People Eaters. It's like... Those guys did all the work along with Alan Page, but they did all the work. They made, you know, they made some pro balls and it's like they worked hard. Nobody knew who they were. It's like, who's Gary Larson? It's like the guy made the pro ball. He was good. He started in the pro ball. It's like, but nobody knows him because he was just a hardworking guy. He showed up, worked hard, did what he was supposed to. Same with Doug Sutherland, the original number 69. Um, just, a, just a super guy. And Carl Eller is just, I just love him for what he did. Uh, number two. Once again, it's the fourth member of the Purple People Leaders, Alan Page. It's like just everything about him. Um, he left here, a little bit of a tizzy he had with Bud Grant. But, you know, Bud Grant's a great coach, but Bud Grant wouldn't, you know, didn't have any – he would never deviate from his rules. And it's like, well, Alan Page just wanted a couple things, and so he left. But it's like he stayed in Minnesota. He's made his career here. He's did what he did off the field as well as on. But I have heard the thing, Connor, that you said about he doesn't like to talk football. And it's like, you know, especially the young kids, it's like when you look up to somebody and they come into your school or they come to your place and you're like, oh, my God, and you want to ask them and they say, oh, I don't want to talk about that. It's like just, you know, say I'm going to keep the football stuff to a minimum, you know, and then talk about whatever you want. But, you know, don't blow people off because it's like that, that's why they love you. You know, it's it's it sinks in. Um, and number one, I was hoping somebody would mention to him the greatest defensive player on the Vikings. Um, well, defensive lineman, he's tied for favorite defensive player, but Keith Millard, he was now <laughs> Alan Page won the, he actually won in 71. He won the MVP, the NFL MVP. It's like a defensive tackle is lucky to get noticed. He actually won the league MVP. It's like, you're that good. Well, then Keith Millard came along, and uh, he was a defensive tackle. He played one year in the USFL for the Jacksonville Bulls, and then he came to the Vikings. And uh, first year he played, started only a handful of games, but he registered double-digit sacks. Um, in 1988-89, he was all-pro. 89, he actually won the defensive MVP. He had set the record for defensive tackles. He had 18 and a half sacks, but the the number one thing about him is off the field, he had massive arms. And he also, he was a defensive tackle that he was so good against the run, but he would tie his shirt in a knot because his stomach was flat. 
It's like how many defensive tackles that play that spot and are great against the run have, they don't have a gut that anchors them down. It's like, he just had pure strength. Well, he liked to indulge when he was going through his mid twenties, he liked to indulge in the, uh, the spirits. And he was more of a hard liquor guy versus beer. So when he would drink, it took a while, but when it hit him, he got kind of crazy. One of my favorite stories is he, he had a, he bought a brand new Corvette and he was hungry for a burger. Well, never condone anyone drinking and driving, but it was like a half a block from Mankato. So he went to this happy chef or something. He drove his Corvette right up in the top, the drive-through box. It was the happy chef, the big man. He drove it up and he's like, I want a burger. Well, the cops were called in this. There was one new cop and was a smaller guy. He came there and <laughs> Millard stood up and he looked at that guy and he told him, he says, I have more power in my guns than you do in that thing. And he said that cop literally almost shit his pants. He was so scared. It's like this big <laughs> six foot six, 280 pounds of muscle standing there looking at him. And it was like, he, he didn't cause any trouble, but he just simply stated in his opinion what he felt. <laughs> the cops were like, well, uh, we need you to uh, come with us, Mr. Millard. And he did. He went with them, no problems, anything. But he was, he was his arms and his, his whole personality was so great. But he was, he was it. He anchored the defense. He was so good. He was, I mean, he would have been awesome, but the next year, I think in the fourth or fifth game early in the season, he tore up his knee and he was never the same. He came back, didn't do anything with anybody. He played for a couple teams, but um, he basically was it. He, he, and we were number one defense then too. And Dolman played with him and Henry Thomas, who's another guy played defensive tackle with him. And then Al Noga, who I loved. Um, those four guys, we were number one defense in the NFL under Tony Dungy. And uh, once again, they built it up the middle with the defensive tackles. And uh, he was great. Absolutely. He's worth watching because the way he would just throw two guys off him, just like, once again, like your little rag dolls. And it's like the quarterback's like, oh, here we go again. Boom, sack. So he was good. I'm trying to figure out yeah, how you, he fit in a Corvette. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. Oh, God. I don't. If you haven't seen a picture of him, gotta go Google him. I mean, this guy is put yes. together. And I see what you're talking about, where he's got like a little bun on the bottom yes. of his jersey to like tighten up because he is yep. just a washboard. I mean, I'm not gonna man crush too hard here, but stop. <laughs> um, yeah, and his arms are enormous because he's like, I feel like for that day and age, especially where they always talk about guys weren't exactly like doing the off-season workouts they are now. A lot of guys kind of like, you know, got ready for training camp during training camp is what they say yep. a lot of times where nowadays you're working out all off season. So you come into training camp ready to roll. I mean, this guy does not take days off. It looks like he is. He looks like he if he was that size today, he would still be a dominant yeah. force. That's important. I think he was like 275 to 280 pounds, but it's muscle. So it's like, when he, I mean, he was just a beast and you'd watch. And then the best part about him, he would get a sack. He would just throw the quarterback to the ground. Like, okay, you can just lay there and cry. He would turn to his teammates and he would give them hugs and stuff like that. He was so team first and everything. And he was just, it was all about, he always, we, 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 us, 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 our defense. He, ne he never once did anything to promote himself. I thought for sure you might be going Jim Marshall on that one, but uh, threw me for a loop with Keith Millard. You know, I, I feel bad with Marshall because he didn't make the Hall of Fame. He still hasn't. I don't think he ever will make the Hall of Fame, um, which is sad because he started, what, two, 282 consecutive games for a, 
any football player. And it's like much less a defensive lineman, broken ribs. He would play stuff like that, all this different stuff. And he was, and Bud Grant always used him. He's like, you can be as talented as you are, but if you can't show up and play, he says, I'll take the guy who will be here every week versus the guy who's really good, but doesn't show up every week. And, uh, but he's just kind of one of those two where it's like, you know, the other ones have carried all the clout, but he was, he was there. He showed up every single game. Mm -hmm. Well, that does it for this week's podcast podiums travel, man. Thank you very much for coming on. We're going to have to have you back at some point. Yeah, for sure. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, that was absolutely awesome. Thank you very much, guys. Thanks travel, man. You bet. We'll see ya. That does it for this week. Thanks again to Travel Man for joining the Mini Market Pod. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Tellem Sports. Toss Travel Man a follow too while you're at it. And check us out at tellemsports.com. We will see you in a week. I'll never get those 20 minutes back in my life. <laughs>